Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The Around the NFL podcast knows how to get through to millennials. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal, and yes, Colleen Wolf. What's up? <laughs> Great. I like that. That's that was you. me this morning. You're an actual wolf woman. Mm-hmm. I we we don't have our cans on today. I didn't I didn't forgot to say hey Dan. Uh, well, listen, we're a little out of our. There's some new technology right now. TD incorporating. Everybody's uncomfortable about it. Mostly me, <laughs> but Wes especially. We're using in the industry what are called what TD lob mics. Lob mics. Lobs with a Lob, with yeah. a V. Lavalier. Yep. Hey Dan. See Colleen, she's a she's an expert man. Lavalier. Any relation to old Pirates catcher Spanky Lavalier? What is that reference? <laughs> He's a catcher for the Pirates in, in 1887. Oh, in like the early 90s. Oh, Mike, really? Mike West references that no one under the age of 35 has any idea what he's talking about. Colleen, how the hell are you doing? I'm great. Yeah? It's yeah, great really to have you good. Uh huh. Super excited. I feel like it's been a while. It has been. We were, we were talking on my flight back from Philly. I was really excited. Yeah, we uh-huh. were uh, discussing over uh, text uh, while Colleen was flying back here and you were very excited to chat, clearly lonely on the airplane. I had nobody to talk to, and yeah. I was going crazy, and I just wanted somebody to text me back. And so Dan I was that texting guy. me Dan back. was the only one that would. I'm a dependable dude. I'm the guy that you know helps people out. Hey, very big show today. Mm. Like, I legitimately mean that we have a lot to get to today. Uh, you know, Greg, the Making the Leap series is in full bloom now, and the number 19 out of 20 entry was... My boy, Geno Smith of the New York Jets, and as soon as I read uh, Greg's fantastic piece, and I did read it. It's the first thing that I've ever read that I wrote. Uh, you have to write a wildly complimentary piece about a Jets player to get that. I didn't even know time. Greg wrote for Around the NFL until I read that piece. <laughs> uh, but I re- it was a very thought-provoking piece at the very least. So we're going to talk about Geno Smith, and uh, we're also going to uh, check in with Kevin Patra, who was... At the Rookie Symposium. Where is that? That's in Ohio, Aurora, but they made a trip uh, to Berea in Cleveland, which is about an Ooh, hour away. the Indian burial ground. They also went to the Hall of Fame in Canton, but yeah, Aurora. Does every state have an Aurora? It feels like it. Wasn't that where Wayne's World was? Yes. It was where Wayne's World was. Aurora, Illinois. Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe there is an Aurora, Aurora everywhere. That's a theory. Uh, uh, we will also... Uh, do something we did last year. Now, I meant to check if we got this right. I'm sure we did because some brilliant football minds in here. Uh, we are going to declare on June 25th who is not a contender for the Super Bowl this year. Outright, no chance. Maybe it's like the the precursor to our stick a fork in them series, which I don't think we do that anymore. But we will decide which teams, you know, if you're a fan base, still listen to the podcast, obviously, but understand that. While you might enjoy and have fun following your team, it will not end 
in San Francisco in February. No chance. Well, they call this the season of hope, and we're ending that season for some fans Well, it today. needs to be ended. There are this uh, Super Bowl contender or playoff contender? Super Bowl contender. No. Oh, we're going to eliminate like 27 teams today. No, I think even playoff contender. I mean, if you make the playoffs, you could win the Super Bowl. That's right. not true. The Bengals can't win the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, we'll get into all that. It's a Yeah, it's something we'll get into. And, uh, of course, we're going to bring it back after a one-week hiatus, hiatus, even though it's only been around one week. <laughs> Are you kidding me? With Connor Orr, our... Uh, New Jersey correspondent for around the NFL. So, yes, a lot to get to. But before we do any of that, we check behind the glass. TD pushing us into boundaries that make us uncomfortable as usual. But listen, all for a greater good, right? That's what it is. Like Game of Thrones, man. That's why the throne is, you know, made of swords. You can't get too comfortable. You know, always going to be pushing. Either way, um, they're about, to my count, about 20 That's plus. good to move on from that analogy. <laughs> None of us watch Game of Thrones. I do. No, come Dan on. Does. Dan does. Like, you guys need to stop. Dan's is actually one of us. You know, like, he tries to act like as you guys sound all old. But Dan, you know, Dan gets down. <laughs> I don't think it's us. not because I'm old. It's because I, you know, there's only so much I'm a little time. plugged in. I'm a little more pub- plugged into pop culture than my colleagues probably. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more. At, at some point, yeah. TD, yeah. you're going to realize you have an inf- you know, a finite amount of time on this earth. And you just wasted like 15 years watching Super Transformers sequels. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, your point. Point is, Ovar yeah. has, to my count, uh, 20. There are 20 different cities in the United States. Ah. At least two in New York. That's really random. So, just thought I... That's a great fun fact. two in New York? There's two in New York, yes. That's very confusing. Did you um, find out who the Nigerian president was yet? I did. I told you last time. What was it? Buhari or something. <laughs> Muhammadu Buhari. Yeah. I know. I know. I know what's going on. All right. I have a fun uh, movie story, but I won't tell it. I don't want to... <laughs> Bug you guys down. That's what, a great tease. That's what's called a tease for something that will never happen. Uh, let's do some news. All right. Well, you don't want to hear a story, but never mind. I'm not going to tell it. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, we're busy. We got a lot of stuff to get to. Let's get to it. How good is the story? Uh, it's just weird. That's all. It's interesting. All right. Tell the story. Right, cool. You got to hear it yeah, now. So, you have to now. This movie Dope came out last week. I go to oh, the barbershop. Yeah, right. I'm about to go see the movie Dope. I'm getting my hair cut. And the barber, barber gets a call from his sister who lets him know that he's in a movie Dope in a barbershop scene. You know, so I was like, how random is that? That's all it is. That's the story? That's the story. I, you know, I went to see the movie Dope, and I got my hair cut by the guy at barbershop in the movie Dope. I hope the movie so that's was kind better of than the story. Wow. Let's do some news. My goodies, my goodies, my goodies, not my goodies. Hit single of Sierra, probably her best single ever, and that's what Russell Wilson's all about right now. Yeah, Russell Wilson is is it's interesting what he's going for. He's one of the more milk toast NFL stars, and he, I think he's trying to add a little edge. So he's getting Sierra in the mix, who's you know kind of a frisky R and B star. They're dating uh, supposedly, and he posted kind of you know a, I'm not going to say it was an inappropriate image of Sierra, no, but it, it was one of those type of you know sultry type images that he used Google for. Oh, did he? I mean, yeah, it's, it's always good to artificially construct an edge instead of just being yourself. <laughs> So you're saying this is one of those relationships constructed by publicists, and it doesn't even really right. exist. It's, it's incredibly lame. Yeah. I mean, if you have to, you know, post a picture of your girlfriend, use your personal photos, not Google. That's all I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> She's Words attractive. to live by. <laughs> all right, let's get to some news. Ciara and Russell Wilson, good luck to you kids. All right, we'll start with Peyton Manning, who, uh, as, as we all know, in the offseason, there were some whispers about what his future was in Denver. Uh, they wanted him to take a pay cut. 
he eventually did take a pay cut. And then we had a report that came out that there were some talks or there was some buzz between the Texans and the Broncos about a trade in the offseason. The Texans were one of the teams that were in the mix originally before Peyton Manning signed with the Broncos. So there was a report that those two teams had had some preliminary type talks about a potential deal uh, that has been swatted down in multiple places, uh, including our own NFL media insider, Ian Rappaport, who was on the Rich Eisen show Wednesday, he said talks, an account of the alleged trade talks was, quote, not how it went down. Here's what Ian said. I do believe there was some conversation between the Texans and several teams who have quarterbacks. What it sounds like is that the Texans uh, reached out to teams and tried to see what was there. So, Greg, we'll start with you on this one. It sounds like just due diligence by one team doesn't mean that the Broncos were looking to trade their greatest quarterback of his generation. Well, it's not even the first time we heard about this. Matt Money Smith talked about that he had heard. From someone who would know. From someone who would know that there had been some conversations between the Texans and, and the Broncos weeks ago. Money said that, right? He did. It was on the Move the Sticks podcast. Well, we try not to bring that, and that up here. What is, what is the, that? Is that something that <laughs> exists? It, it, it happens like five months podcast. during the year. I don't like what it is. Uh, <laughs> so, on one hand, it, the idea that they would talk makes some sense. Because the most important or interesting thing I thought out of this whole storyline was that the Broncos initially asked Peyton Manning to take a $10 million pay cut. And they did ultimately shove a $4 million pay cut down his throat. So if they were willing to ask him to take a $10 million pay cut, and he had to take, they had to have been willing to move on from him this offseason. I mean, you, don't, you can't tell a guy to take a pay cut like that without being ready for what's behind door number two, which is just say, sorry, cut me. Yeah. I think that's interesting. And the other part that Money talked about was that the Broncos perhaps considered this, along with the, the pay cut thing, that they they view Brock Osweiler as a guy who's ready like Aaron Rodgers was ready. That's the way money wow. put it. And, you know, Rob Sheet wrote, told us last January that I can tell you from sources inside the Broncos organization, this is a guy they feel very good about. So we haven't seen much of Brock Osweiler other than preseason action, but apparently the Broncos are a lot higher on him than most people around the country are. And look, every team is going to do this at the end of the season, too. Even with the changes that they had, they bring in a new coach, Gary Kubiak's there. I mean, of course, they're probably not going to trade him, but they kind of have to see what's out there and what teams are willing to offer. Well, it makes sense to me that the Texans would call to see what's up because that would be a great situation for them. The conflicting reports really come from who in Denver would possibly have been ready to move on from Peyton Manning. Logic tells you John Elway is the one calling all the shots. Is he the guy that would be excited about going to Brock Eisweiler? There was other reports that John Fox really wanted to move on without Peyton Manning, and and perhaps that was one of the reasons why when he left, John Elway said, we didn't see things the same way in terms of how we're going to move forward. That, that makes that a little more believable. Because ultimately, John Elway could have moved on for him. He didn't. He's paying him $15 million a year. He's on the team. Well, I think every organization, there's a faction that wants something that maybe the vice president or the general manager doesn't want. And those are the, that faction is usually who the reports come from. Gut feeling. I'll go around the horn real quick. Peyton Manning on the Broncos next season. Colleen, yes no. or no? Wes? I say no. Great. I'd say no. I think yes, feels make or break this year. Sessler's 
premonition about retirement. I mean, he almost got it right here this year. Peyton Manning is very much year to year. He's 40 years old at this point. I mean, I, I would think, though, he's either going to be with the Broncos or his career is over. And I don't man, think there's another team. Emmanuel Sanders recently came out and said he believes this is not Peyton Manning's final year. Mm. But I, I think it's going to come down to can he do it physically, and I'm not sure he can. Move the sticks is about first downs. We're about touchdowns. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> wow. All right. Home run. You guys, you guys can hear uh, Move the Sticks' response in his next podcast in 2017. Oh, next week. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. Uh, all right. The update out of New England or out of New York where Tom Brady, uh, he had his appeal hearing, of course, on Tuesday. It lasted over 10 hours. Uh, his attorney, Jeffrey Kessler, said that the timetable afterwards for a ruling was up in the air. Uh, Rap Sheet reported on Wednesday's edition of NFL Total Access uh, that the appeal, the post-hearing briefs for the appeal are due late next week. Uh, so Goodell, Roger Goodell will then have to process those briefs, which means no decision is imminent. So it sounds like for the next week or two or who knows how long this will hang in the air, Colleen. Um, are you surprised that this is something that could drag out beyond Tuesday into days and weeks? No, not at all. But I think the most interesting thing I saw that came out of this was that his appeal, Brady's appeal, offered full explanations to every question and more context than was mm. provided to Ted Wells, which I hadn't really thought about before. And I'm wondering what other context that he didn't put in that report. You guys saw how long that report was. I guess that's why the meeting lasted so long. But I could see this dragging on. I, I wish I could see the interactions between Brady's lawyers and Ted Wells because Ted Wells is in that meeting. Mm. Awkward. You know, I, I mean, they they have basically slammed him. There's a lot of funny things about this Tom Brady thing. One is that one of the first things we put in our article after the appeal ended was that both sides agreed to a confidentiality agreement and so that there wouldn't be any leaks, you know, about what's what happened in that room within 24 hours. There, were, there was an article on ESPN saying what an amazing job Tom Brady did in that room and that he was so credible. And that literally the quote was, Tom Brady was Tom Brady's <laughs> biggest uh, asset on when, Tuesday. And then immediately there's another report, which came more from an NFL side, leaked out saying, you know, Tom Brady didn't give us anything basically that he didn't the first time. So everyone completely the, broke the confidentiality agreement. The vibe in our newsroom the, on that Tuesday, everybody had to wait around for hours for it to end. Everybody thought Tom Brady would come out at the end of the meeting. He ended up going out through, you know, the underground tunnel or whatever. So that was funny to watch live on the feeds. Everyone in the office let down. And then there was the scramble because there was no leaks initially. And then there was an, an ESPN report where we heard, obviously, the Brady side of it. And then this wild little uh, piece of an ESPN report, I'll read it. Patriots owner Bob Kraft, who was on a trip to Israel with a group of Pro Football Hall of Famers, sent a sworn affidavit backing Brady. One source said the affidavit was very compelling and had, quote, an almost a holy feel to it. What? What is happening? <laughs> what are you even talking about? Greg. Tom Brady couldn't resist leaking the air out of footballs. How's he going to resist leaking oh, no. information? We are on his... fire. Is there a drum roll? The move of sticks, touchdown thing, this now. <laughs> Home runs. I don't, know, I don't what... know. I mean, nothing ever came out about who was, wasn't a team, two teams were heating footballs this year, the Vikings and... Panthers. Well, that was Panthers. in a game against each other, yeah. But that's still against the rules. Right. And they just got fined. 
arbitrary, capricious. This whole thing, I have less to say now about this Brady appeal <laughs> than I did about the J.J. Uh, Watt selfie celebration video that we recorded this morning. <laughs> We've done a lot of crazy things. I mean, just to peel this back, we're doing, we're doing some NFL Now videos now. We're, we're pretending it's week eight to practice for the season, just as a little sample. Greg pulls back the curtain. We know, we know a whole lot about week eight right now. If you want to see some acting chops, just watch Dan Hansis <laughs> pretend to have a hot take about whether Mike Smith is going to get fired or not, that, pretending it's the middle of last season. More wooden than the Trojan horse. Sorry, we're going. That uh, video is more sealed off than uh, the Brady uh, meeting. <laughs> and no one will ever see it. Thank you. Um, all right, moving on. All right, I'm going to set the table for the scientist Chris Wessling here a little bit. Jacksonville Jaguars haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver in 10 years. What? Chris Wessling thinks there are two guys that have a chance to do it this year. Second-year wide receiver Allen Robinson, who has uh, had a, quote, unbelievable uh, performance in offseason practices. And Julius Thomas, who, of course, came over from Denver, big free agent signing West. Why are you so excited about the Jaguars? Who does well, that? I'm just excited to be able to talk about the uh, Bermuda Triangle in the NFL. You know, one of those teams from the southeast that you're not allowed to talk about because they don't exist. So I think it's fun that the Jaguars looked. Allen Robinson, everybody was raving about him. Julius Thomas, they're gonna, he's going to be the focal point of their offense. Look at their offensive line. They've got three guys who could come in and be starters. Blake Bortles is fixing his mechanics. This Jeremy the Parnell most... they brought in, though, and he was a backup last year. He only mm. has seven career starts. And he's still way better than whoever they had playing well, right true. tackle last year. And he spells his name weird. Yeah, that's true. I never no it right. e at the end. Jeremy? Look at Colleen. You got the Parnell hot take here. Are you I, excited about the Jaguars? I, I want to be. I wish I could, but I'm not really there yet. Mm. I like Gus Bradley. I like what he does. I like Julius Thomas there and Blake Bortles, and I'd like to see Blake Bortles take that next step. But I'm, I'm, I'm with Wes. The Titans and the Jaguars are both more interesting now. I think the Jaguars more are going to finish second place in that division. I think Bortles has a lot of potential to be a really fun quarterback to watch, and uh, I think Dan should talk next. No. no, I'm saying, oh my God, you're all in on the Jags. Second place I, finish. I, How many wins? I, I said that. I said that months ago that I think the Jaguars are going to have the season that kind of people expected them to have last year. This year, that's seven or eight wins. It's a lousy division. Okay, eight, eight win type of. Team. I just I will throw out there that uh, some some of us more than others were very amped up about the Jaguars last year. Right, Not I, the same leadership. We have some different players in the mix this I, year, but we didn't see a lot from Blake Bortles last year. I think the one who was pumped up about the Jaguars is not here today. Well, he was pumped up about Toby Gerhardt, Mr. Mark Sessler. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> he was expecting a lot of yardage out of Toby. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's – I mean, Julius Thomas, that's the one guy if I have, had to throw somebody out there that I'd be the wo- most nervous about in terms of when you look at who are the free agent busts. It's a big drop-off from healthy Peyton Manning to uneven and unproven Blake Bortles. So, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm ready to think that he's a 1,000-yard receiver. He'll be their only target, though. He'll be their number one target at least. Right. At least Thomas is a good player. This notion that he's a product of Peyton Manning is just altogether untrue. It's a really interesting young receiver group. If you put that receiver group on the Patriots, that those guys could be stars. Allen Robinson and Julius Thomas. And there's depth there. It's weird, it's weird to see a rookie quarterback with three rookie receivers that are all pretty good. They, they could improve a lot. Ahmad Bradshaw, moving on, guys. Ahmad Bradshaw is facing a one-game suspension uh, for violating the league's policy and program on substances of abuse, uh, a league spokesman, spokesman confirmed to around the NFL on Monday. 
Uh, this goes back to uh, Bradshaw, who is a free agent right now, running back, pleaded not guilty to a marijuana possession charge earlier this year. Uh, he's recovered from his fractured fibula. Greg, I know when we made that sandwich wager, you thought Bradshaw would be giving you some uh, tally when we were trying to figure out how much mm. guaranteed money. It never happened. Uh, and this is part of the reason why, I guess. And I'm, I'm going to owe you a sandwich because of two of the guys we just talked about a couple uh, weeks ago, go give them a job. Ahmad Bradshaw and Pierre Thomas, they don't have jobs. They, they should be on a team. Even, even though Ahmad Bradshaw is suspended, he should be on a team. Yeah, we mentioned last time we talked about him that they would probably wait until week two to sign him because that's when mm. veteran contracts are no longer guaranteed. That makes some sense, especially if you have a one-game suspension. By the way, I am loyal to Ahmad Bradshaw, a member of the L.A. Greybeards. Yes. Along yeah, with Pierre Thomas, twenty nine, right? Still in my, still in my clubhouse, <laughs> waiting for the phone to ring. No suspension on my team. Do you make any phone calls else. on their behalf, or do, would you rather things. keep them? For Colleen or any listeners that didn't, uh, you know, check this article out, Dan made an all star team of of older gentlemen who could use some work. Some work. The, the and L.A. Gravier by older guys that are in. Greg and I's case five or six years younger and less <laughs> fifteen or so, and in, um, 15. <laughs> in an amazing physical shape. Uh, yeah, pristine men. Uh, th- so they have a home on my roster. Uh, not everyone's. By the way, shout out to uh, Pierre Thomas, who gave me a nice little life thrill, who by following me on Twitter after we mentioned him for go get him a job. An appreciative Pierre Thomas. Are we already in the humble brag portion of today's podcast? Uh, that's, I'm not, there's nothing like humble about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's humble? I don't know. All right. And finally, uh, Wes, this is important for you to know. Consider this the teachable moment, and then it's all just keeping in your mind for down the stretch. The Titans announced a new partnership. Their stadium is now called Nissan Stadium. It was LP Field. Very good. Yeah. I feel like you need to whisper that, too, every time you say it. Nissan Stadium. Sounds like a place where champions are born. I hope Damashek's listening. <laughs> um, kind of fits, though, the Titans. Like a dependable, not too you know, flashy, nondescript, relatively. I Look, I, I own Maybe a little better than you realize. I owned a Sentra back in the day. Like a 90. Why don't you just pass Sentra. up the $3.7 million that you got from Nissan and call it Titans Field? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they got more than $3.7 million. Probably it's, a it's a thought. Uh, that is what's happening. All right, moving on. Let's keep rolling. We'll get into the Making the Leap entry number 19 on the list. He is, you know, a former West Virginia product, a second-round pick. You know, the Jets, they, they wisely went out and got him. They nurtured him for two years. And, and Greg says it's going to pay off now because in year three of the Geno Smith experience, he will make the leap and become... All right, maybe not a Pro Bowl star, but in Greg's estimation, a top 20, back end, a top 20 quarterback, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, that's enough to make the Jets a playoff team. Is everything I said accurate, Greg? That's true. I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar. People have to, you know, people came at me that, look, this guy's never going to be a Pro Bowler. That's not the point. He can be a guy that is not the reason why the Jets lose games. He can be a guy who's kind of a middle-of-the-road Alex Smith or Andy Dalton type who improves his decision-making. He's got the talent. I really liked what I saw when I watched him in December. He completed less than 60% of his passes in back-to-back seasons. That's pretty bad. But not good. Chan Gailey, if anybody's going to be able to help him, I guess it would be Chan Gailey to help maybe with 
the inconsistency. Chan Gailey turned an offense led by Jade Fiedler into the number eight offense in terms of points scored in the league. He got Ryan Fitzpatrick $60 million. We've talked about Chan Gailey and what he's done. Tyler Thigpen. I think he runs a system that's very similar to what Geno Smith excelled at West Virginia. And when you watch Geno Smith last December, he showed more in that month than Bortles, I think, or Carr did in their entire seasons. Geno Smith shows you things. I mean, he can move in the pocket very well. I mean, he has better pocket Preach. movement than, than a lot of guys who are very good starting quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, he guys like that. He can move in the pocket, but he moves too much in the pocket. I, I think he... He's not calm by any stretch. It, when pressure gets on him, that's the big problem. When I watched, and he was protected very well in the last month, which was a problem. When I watched Vikings and Jets in December, I thought there was a major difference between Teddy Bridgewater and Geno Smith in feel for the pocket and just knowing the position. Teddy Bridgewater seemed more like a, a guy who's going to be a great quarterback than Geno Smith. I agree with that. There's no yeah. argument to that. I think Geno Smith can be a solid quarterback, and people treat him like he's a punchline. And I think if he you, has a chance to just be a, a good, valuable, mid-level starter. If you watch those last four or five games, he was exactly that level, with the exception of, the, of course, the Week 17 Dolphins game where he was you know, Joe Montana and Aaron Rodgers combined. So you throw that out. But you, you look at the, the whole picture and... But why throw it out? Well, you don't he made throw it unbelievable out, just... throws all day. People are like, well, that didn't count. You know, the game didn't count. It was, the season was... That doesn't matter. They're going against NFL players. But don't let it suck you in. Why not? Because we... there's 16 games and in, in 11 or 12 of them, he was crap. So, I yeah, he's, he's inconsistent. And also the, the biggest thing with me and Geno Smith is he has showed no ability to shake off bad performances or bad throws. He lets things snowball on him, and that does not work for any quarterback, especially in the market he plays in. Week 8, guys. Back to Week 8, actually. Yeah. Ah. That was the week he was benched for Michael Vick. There were a lot of low moments. I, I, that was one of the worst performances that ever. That was awful. If you want to talk about Week 17, you got to talk about Week 8 when he threw three interceptions and seven passes and got benched in the first quarter. Young quarterbacks sometimes go through these where they reach a low, and I think the low for him was the Monday night football game where Rex Ryan wouldn't let him pass, yeah. where he only threw the ball 13 that was times. so awful. Quite an indictment. Right, and they ran it 49 times. And after that, he had four really good weeks. And when you said he's been inconsistent, that's fair, but for that month he was wildly consistent. I would say he was very steady, and then he had the great final week. He didn't make bad decisions. He led the league in yards per attempt in December. Tied with Greg Teddy Bridgewater. I was getting physical. HR. <laughs> in my experience, one of the biggest mistakes people make in, in quarterback evaluation with young players is expecting a late-season improvement to carry over to the next season. It rarely happens, in my experience. It, it happened with Geno Smith uh, as a rookie. He played pretty well in December, and people expected him to make a jump, and it didn't happen. A lot of it, for me, is the situation with Gailey and a lot of talent around him. I mean, that's a good group. That's a good group he's throwing to in a great defense. So if they're winning games 20 to 17, Geno Smith's going to get some of the credit. He's shown more talent, I think, than people think. That's what I mean. That's fair. He's, he's got a good arm. He can move in the pocket. If he needs to get yards on his feet, he can do that. He has the tools. It's he just goes through his reads. He shows things that mature quarterbacks show. That Jay Cutler has never thrown a receiver open in his life. He never goes through his reads, <laughs> two, three, four. I mean, Geno Smith kind of sits back there, and he does the sort of things that you, that you would like out of a quarterback. How do you think Brandon Marshall and him will be together? Well, they're roommates, so right off the bat. Great. Yeah. Jack? 
I think the first year at Brandon Marshall is usually a nice little honeymoon period. They're riding tandem bicycles together and sharing rowboats in the park. <laughs> is there, I mean, you got Eric Decker. You got Jason Morrow. You got uh, Devin, Devin Smith, Smith. You got Jeremy Curley. All right, let's play the um, over-under game, Brandon Marshall. 70 receptions. Over. Over. Yeah, over. 1,000 yards. I'll go over. Over. Six. I'll go under, just for okay. the sake of argument. All right. All right. Six touchdowns. I'll take the over. I'll go over. I'll go I think over. they'll feed him the ball. That's a nice game. season, especially for the Jets, who haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver. Uh, well, they haven't had many in a long time. Brandon Marshall's supposed to get 13 or 1,400. Mm. Even with Decker across from him? Wait, didn't we all agree that he's out of the Superstar Club? Yeah. So we, we shouldn't expect that. I'm just trying to be keep things... Yeah, I think Realistic. I think like a, a an eleven hundred yard type of that's all I'm asking for. Season. But I'm also asking for Eric Decker to be better. If those if those two guys have around two thousand yards combined, and you throw a little curly and Devin Smith does something. I think Decker not a bad will passing be better. Decker was fine, wasn't he? It was just the He's hamstring okay. injury. His stats in week speaking of week seventeen, he had over two hundred yards receiving. It made a lot of things look better, but he had some he was healthy. disappear. But he was torching yeah. Brent Grimes and Rashad Jones. Like, why doesn't that count? It's a football game. You know did, what I mean? the Dolphins, did the Dolphins pack it in? I don't think so. They were trying to. They almost won the game. They made Geno Smith look like Aaron Rodgers and Joe Montana. You said <laughs> it was a pretty bad, uh, pretty bad performance. So Greg Dolphins. says the Geno coaster becomes potentially the Geno scale. Mm. Wow! Could that happen? Could this time next year, can we talk about Geno Smith as the guy that is the primary? And if that's the case, Chan Gailey gets all the money. Oh my gosh! Yeah. See, I was thinking it was more like Gino is going to be like the train that your kids ride at, you know, if you ever go to Griffith Park, for instance. Mm. Kind of like the little train ride kids are on. You know, very steady, a little boring. You pay your, you get your $2 worth. Kids are happy with them. Nothing too The fancy. Dalton train? No, the Gino. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I thought you were comparing Gino Smith to the band train, which also sounded realistic. <laughs> that seemed like it's it was possible. a fair comparison. I think he makes the leap if he survives 16 games without getting benched. Exactly. That's my. That's my. A lot of faint praise in the room right now. It's not about. <laughs> that's what inspired. It, it's yeah. about that that people decide on a player so early without. I don't think watching him necessarily. They just want to say, okay, Geno Smith, the bum. He's a punchline in New York, and you know, I don't think he's been that bad. Isn't that what happens to quarterbacks in New York? Yeah, Tebow, Sanchez, well, and Fitzpatrick's there too, and he's been with Chan Gailey before. So if things do go south for Geno, it'll be really easy to bench him. The one one thing that made me a little worried: one of our security guards here uh, at the company was yeah. a teammate of Geno Smith, and he said, you know, initially at West Virginia. Gino Smith kind of came in with a, I'm better than everyone at Is attitude. this one of your sources for your making wow. the leap piece? Security guard Deep at the throat. company? He actually came up to me after the piece because he said he read in a it. dark he parking likes, garage? You know, he thinks he's going to do well, but it worried me. He said he was a little, he was a little uh, overconfident, had a little trouble mm. winning the room if over at Ray first. If it's Rayshon, I believe you. You're on it. See? Colleen knows. Source exposed. Uh, all right, so that's making the leap. And you can... Uh, read all of our Making the Leap pieces at NFL.com slash Making the Leap. Total guess, is it true? Yeah, that's, that's a fact. Yes! Vanity URLs are the best. <laughs> you can read all of Colleen's work, NFL.com slash Colleen's Secrets. That's it, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should it's write. It's a diary. I, I will. You write out more notes than everyone else. I write a lot of stuff. Else. You got binders full. Binders. I was going through my binders last night, actually, trying to find week eight stuff. 
you, uh, Colleen is fascinating to me because she has, you've told us before, you lay in bed at night, like devising fake teams and like your mind, you have binders <laughs> next to your bed. I mean, you are a real football head in your own right. It's like a beautiful mind. When, <laughs> or like the, um, what's the show with... But uh, like after he goes really crazy. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, I have maps, I have pictures, it's all drawn. Minority Report? Is that what you're thinking of? No. I like you it's, having it's some high-tech equipment. Yes. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? No, that's, that, that's close. I like this revelation. I don't feel so weird now. and i'm actually i'm trying to go digital and get away Ah. from the binders but i can't i'm having a hard time with millennials refusing to go digital total millennial move all right so that's it making the leap keep reading them all a lot of great work and and greg's around the nfl debut really good work (laughs) so we move forward all right so let's do we talked about this last year i'm sure we got everything right so let's let's do it again let's nail it who is not a contender to win the Super Bowl. And the shadowy league figures, you know, this is not the type of segment that they, they want us to do uh, because you want all the fans to have hope that you're going to win a Lombardi trophy. You want to be the 99 Rams. You want to be the 2001 Patriots. But it's not going to happen for these teams, is it, Greg? That's, that's what we're here to do, squash some hopes. So why don't we just go through the divisions one by one? And, uh, and, and rule out, and, and I think we should set some ground rules. If you think the team can make the playoffs, and maybe the, the Bengals are an outlier, Wes, in your case, you can't say that they have no chance, because then they're in the I dance. totally disagree with you. If you're in the I dance, you can major, win it. There's a major difference between being a playoff contender and a Super Bowl contender. I, you me, get exposed in the playoffs if your quarterback yeah. isn't good enough. No chance, you're saying. The Jets the don't have a chance. To me, this is more Dis- about... I disagree. This is more about... T- teams that have no chance that it would be absolutely stunning if they even made the playoffs and they have no chance well then we have to call it something else you know we did the same thing last year and you didn't have a problem with it i, I don't to recall this but there's a difference you've between changed a Super Bowl contender and a playoff contender by the way it was homeland what i was thinking about earlier and oh. yeah all right there you I go off my chest i think it's, it's really it's about being a contender at all being a contender for anything all right wes clearly about to undermine this segment but we're going to keep rolling <laughs> Wes, are the New England Patriots a contender? <laughs> yes, they can win a Super Bowl, Dan. Can the Buffalo Bills win a Super Bowl? No, they don't have a quarterback. All right. Mm. I agree with Wes. I don't think they're making the playoffs because I think the quarterback's going to bury them. I think they could what? make the playoffs, possibly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wait, are we talking? They're not going to win a Super Bowl. I changed my answer. What? You said, can they win the Super Bowl? Then you asked these guys, can they win the playoffs? Or oh. Can they enter the playoffs? Well, can I? No, no, I misspoke. Can they win the Super Bowl? I don't think the Bills will make the playoffs. We need to, so they're not we need even to settle level. on this. Is this, are they a contender or are they a Super Bowl contender? <laughs> You're the only one that's not settled. Greg just said we're going to do, are they a playoff contender? I don't, well, to me, it's one and the same. because if they I think the they're playoffs, totally different. They're in the, they're uh, can in the this band. team win the Super Bowl is the segment. Okay, right. I'm out of this. Cool. Can the Bills win the Super Bowl? No. Colleen Wolf. No. Greg. I'll say yes. Very All right. The so Super Bowl? This has to be unanimous. Yeah. The Miami Dolphins, can they win the Super Bowl? No. No. To have, they have to say you have no chance whatsoever to win the Super Bowl. I don't I think they have a chance if Tannehill turns into a star. Sure. I like to live in a world where just unpredictable things happen cuz it cuz it happens every year. Maybe not lately in the NFL. I'd love for the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Sorry, I'm going back to that, but You'd love for them. You'd wish they would. Yeah. But do you think it's even it's, a possibility? 
To me, no. this is an exercise no, in picking so good. In picking the worst of the worst and the teams that really have no legitimate right. hope this season. That's what we should call it. Then. Yeah. All right. So the Raiders, they're out. So this is not who is not a contender. This is who has no hope. <laughs> is that better? I just think we should define our parameters. Is that so wrong? All right. Who has no hope? The Cleveland Browns, yes or no? Hope? Like a reverse of the AD scale, where Dan's trying to play something yeah. that doesn't get it. Interesting. I, I, I get it, but I think we should have a definition. I so mean, we, I don't know. So we think the entire AD is this is the equivalent of, of, of me understanding the AD scale last June and then not understanding it this June. <laughs> So this the is Browns, for no great hope. Podcast. No hope for the Browns. <laughs> no hope. I think, do we agree that there's no hope for the Browns to win the Super Bowl in 2015? They're out. All right, good. All right, the Browns, that's one. The Browns. Ravens, Bengals, or Steelers. Now, Wes, do you think there's any hope at all that the Bengals can win the Super Bowl? No. What do you guys think? No way. I don't think there's any hope that they can get past the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> now, this is one, it's, it's an interesting situation that Wes brings up. I think this is one team, he's right. Of course they have enough talent to make the playoffs, but I'm not living in any world where Andy Dalton wins the Super Bowl. We used to no. say that about Eli, no. didn't we? Well, we were wrong then. Also, I didn't say that. they have a really tough schedule this year. Mm. So the season tough right. division, yeah. no hope. All right, Bengals, no hope. Uh, <laughs> the Colts, they have hope. The Houston Texans, no. I don't like that quarterback situation. Yeah, I don't think they have any hope. No, Texans, no hope. Jaguars and Titans, not ready yet, right? Nope. All right. They're not. at least a year away from being in the conversation, I would say. I think the Texans have what's the most dangerous thing, which is too much hope. Mm. <laughs> That's when people get in big trouble. Yeah, they they think they're a... ready to go to the next level when they're really closer to that five or six win level. Yeah, they're closer to falling off because the schedule's a lot harder. Yeah, maybe Ryan Mallett's going to be amazing. I'd be surprised. And then everything lines up for them. I'd be surprised if he even played. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's a. Suddenly, West such a believer in Hoyer that he can keep the job all season long. <laughs> no, I mean, I think Mallet will play at some point, but I don't. I mean, he won't. I don't think he'll start the season. Yeah, I agree. All right. So in the AFC West, the Broncos, obviously, the Raiders will add on this list. We have to, right? The Chargers and Chiefs, two interesting teams for this. Can the Chargers? There is some hope with uh, Philip Rivers involved, right? Although he's never got You have Philip Rivers at quarterback and some talent on defense, which they do if everything came together. They have a chance. Melvin Gordon helps out Philip Rivers, so hopefully. Green like the Chargers. Work, yeah. All right, how about the Chiefs? I can't do that. The Chiefs are not going to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't think that just adding Jeremy Macklin, having that him and Andy Reid back together, that's not going to solve Alex Smith not being able to get any offense sparked for them. I, I'll, I'll allow the Chiefs. In what way? They can, it could happen. So you're blocking them. They, you're doing they, a block. They have hope. You're saying hope? I think they have hope. That's Andy Reid doesn't know how to run the ball, and he has Jamal Charles, <laughs> and he's terrible <laughs> clock management. I can't believe I'm sticking Whoa. up for the Chiefs because I can't stand watching them. I think they're incredibly boring, and they're not nearly as good as a guy like Damashek says every year they are, but I Alex Smith, look at the game he had in, against Andrew Luck in the playoffs a couple of years mm. ago. He was phenomenal in that game. Andrew, Andy Reid, I feel like, is going to have the most underwhelming, like, improved tenure that a coach can have. And can't, like, he absolutely took a situation that was terrible, improved them immediately, they're staying improved, and yet 
Is this, you know, is it really that exciting that you got Andy Reid? This team is like watching paint dry. It's really boring. They're incredibly boring. Andy Reid's proven he can win 10, 11 games as a coach. Yes, he's pretty good at that. I mean, he's like the Marvin Lewis of the AFC West. He's like a much better version (laughs) of Marvin Lewis. Yeah. Uh, Let's move to the NFC East, where the Cowboys and Eagles. I think we both agree. There's, we all agree. There's some chance, right? Yes. Okay. How about the Giants of New York? I've already seen it happen. I'm gonna say yeah. 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 I don't believe. Greg, we know. We know. You know they can win. (laughs) I don't believe. I can't believe in. this Odell Beckham Jr. Different team. Hate that you have oh, all of a I wouldn't call it hate. I just uh, is that blown over? Mentally weak, like uh, Jay well, Cutler. It, it was a sign of mental weakness. I, I think that that doesn't mean that that's who he's doomed to be forever. But sounds like you guys made up. I haven't reached out to him. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Smith changed the locks on his penthouse. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, we could have the Redskins on this list, right? They, they, have, they have no, no hope. Way. Nope. No hope at all. Sorry, guys. <laughs> NFC North, the Packers, uh, obviously they're fine. How about the Lions? I think they have hope. They have hope. Absolutely. I'm going with history. They're over 49. Really like, no hope. I'm not really into <laughs> it. They I got know. jobbed out of a playoff win last year. Who knows? They could have been in the Super Bowl. I just don't think that they can completely rely on Matt Stafford either. And they have Joyke Bell, who's coming off, what, Achilles and knee injury. Knee They've got Amir yeah. Abdullah. Right. So if he hits, that's good. But they need something. They need some type of running game because they can't just rely on him. I have it, faith in Amir. It would, be, it would be stunning if they won the Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford and Jim Caldwell so as their coach. But <laughs> like, if they have enough talent and they have a top-ranked defense from a year ago and they have a quarterback – is it crazier than the 2012 Ravens? Was that the year they won? That was the right. But that top-ranked defense, Sue and Fairley, are both gone. Yeah. All right. Now, yeah. oh, go ahead. You got That's it. That's it. That's all. Do you have the story like TD had before? <laughs> well, uh... I have another story. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one I want you guys to be careful with because I think they have some team of around the NFL buzz, which is all, all good, but can they actually, you know... Uh, win the Super Bowl, I don't know. But this is about who has hope or who doesn't have hope. I don't know anymore. The Minnesota Vikings. We love the Vikings around here, it seems like. I would not rule them out. I wouldn't rule them out. There's hope. I'd put them in there. I'd you got Mike mix. Zimmer. Maybe that could be a top five defense with Adrian Peterson. A fris- some weapons. Frisky young quarterback. I like Trey Wayans they added with Xavier Rhodes. They got a Warriors chance. Are good. They got a chance. There are a lot of good stuff about... Um, Michael Kendrick's brother. Who, Eric yeah, Kendrick's Eric Kendrick's going to be a three-down starter. I uh, I don't like all the buzz, though, for them. That I don't like it is making me recoil from them as a potential team. They got that team of ATN. Heat. I would call them the early, not favorite, but they're in the mix, I feel like. Yeah. 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 You know? They're in the mix. Uh, all right. The Bears, obviously, we could put on this list, right? Yeah. No Get them Chicago. out. Yeah. All right. How about... Anybody in the NFC South, uh, the Panthers is their hope to yes. win the Super Bowl. The Saints. Yes. Mm. Mm. I think any team with a top 10 quarterback, and I'd put Newton, Breeze, and Ryan in that I mix. don't think the Falcons have a chance. No. Mm. Their offensive line and their defense are still a mess. Yeah. I don't think so either. We'll I'm going to I'm gonna say they have a chance. Blocked. If but the Lions have a chance, wow. the Falcons have a chance. How are they even comparable? The Lions, have, the, the Lions have a much more talented roster. I don't know if you ever saw um, 
Tony Sperano when he buried the ball. But you need to you need to bury the 2014 ball. That season's over. This is a new season. You never know. We're talking about happen. roster composition, right? But it's a 53 man thing. You get a couple lucky bounces. You got the key couple. Well, not, guys. why not just put the Jaguars in? Well, that's just crazy. <laughs> I just feel like the Falcons can never get over that hump. And they have these great players. They have Julio there. And Matt Ryan's good for them. The thing is, they only have like four or five good players on the whole roster. Yeah. I'm giving them a chance. We put the Bucks on this list, right? They have no chance. They're out. No chance. Putting them on the list. No hope. All right. In the NFC West, uh, is there anyone? The only one that I'll even bring up is the Rams. Do the Rams have any hope at all of winning the Super Bowl? I, I think they can be a playoff team, so yeah. I don't think so. I think they, they probably have the worst offense in the NFL. Based on the teams we've put in for having some hope, I think I'm throwing the Rams in there. Okay. 49ers not block. even going to mention. Uh, oh, yeah, the 49ers. Sorry, I'm, I'm used to them being good for so long, I forgot that they deserve I to be don't think discussed. they have any hope. I would put the Rams in before the 49ers. Mm. I'd put the... I wouldn't. They're coming out of the NFC West, one of those teams? No way. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say the Niners have hope. Wow, what a turn of events in Studio 66. Stunning finale. All right, let's, we'll read it off now. Again, this is it. These teams have no chance of winning the Super Bowl. Uh, TD, can we get any type of, I don't know. Like piano music? Uh, maybe some doom or little taps or anything funeral-esque. The Cleveland Browns. The Cincinnati Bengals, the Houston Texans, the Jaguars, Titans, Raiders, Redskins, Bears, Books. Is this a brogue? 49ers. <laughs> you got no hop. It's shocking that the Bengals are on that list, but the Falcons are not. <laughs> <laughs> That's 10. The doomed 10. I think the only team on that list that can be happy are uh, Titans fans. They got their name back. They did. They got it back. They don't got hope. We should bury they do the have list. Hope. They're no longer yeah. the Titans. Much rather watch the Titans than the Chiefs. Mm. All right. We'll never speak of that segment again. Uh, moving <laughs> on now. Let's get Kevin Patrick on the line. Kevin Patrick coming at you. He was at the, uh, or is he still there? Or is he home now? He's at the symposium. At the rookie symposium. Greg, just leaving him there, just having him getting all that info. Dan clearly hasn't read a thing from Patrick all week. <laughs> That's not true. All this stuff has been excellent. He's been all over it. Uh, Kevin is at the rookie symposium. He's been traveling across the Midwest uh, with the rookies, according to Greg. And let's get him on the line. Patrick, are you there? What's going on, fellas? There he is. Listen to that voice. <laughs> Great to have you back on the show, Kevin Patrick, coming at you. What is uh, the middle of Ohio like this time of year? Uh, I'm standing in a uh, light mist right now um, so I can get self-service outside. Nice. Uh, it literally is the middle of nowhere. I looked on Uber um, last night, and the closest Uber was 34 minutes away. <laughs> wow. wow. How are you getting to the gym? <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. He's doing, he's doing like the hot guy in the hotel move. Where he like jimmies up some type of pull up bar and then just goes to town for hours. You, you do it on the door, man. You got pull ups on the door. There you go. Everyone and you, get, you turn up the heat to 90. Hey, I was thinking of you, by the way. I was watching the True Detective season two premiere. And, um, and spoiler alert Colin Farrell, the detective, is a little dirty. And to get even, he puts on some brass knuckles and delivers a knuckle sandwich. It's so good. And I couldn't help but think of you. Do you have brass knuckles, yes or no? I do not. I don't fight dirty. Nunchucks. 
<laughs> no nunchucks. All right. Have so, you gotten into any verbal uh, confrontations with any of these rookies this week? Verbal confrontations? Or no, uh, how about conversations? Yeah, let's use that word. I, I got in a few conversations. Actually, when, uh, when I got here, I was thinking of uh, this symposium is about, you know, I'm supposed to be about profet- learning professionalism in your life and work. And I was thinking, wondering if that was a subtle hint from Greg. That's the reason he sent me here. <laughs> I really wanted Kevin to go to all the classes of, like, how to take care of your money, um, you know, how to be responsible, you know, get a driver. Really, it might be good for the entire Around the NFL crew to go. Would not be the worst thing in the world. Can you have a Around the NFL symposium? <laughs> I, would, I would voluntarily sign up for that one. <laughs> Patrick, so you've kind of been trailing these guys. Is there anything you've seen? Uh, whether it just be like you know something that they did, or watching someone speak with a, someone else in the media, or that you spoke with them, that kind of surprised you. Um, well, I think the one thing I've noticed that this whole thing is kind of like a the professional version of Scared Straight. So these they've got <laughs> a, a lot of good guys. Like you know, Warwick Dunn was in there today. Seal Moore had a great story about one time he almost flipped out and left the team, and they're just kind of like telling him like this is real life now. It's not it's not playtime. And I thought it was all really interesting and in trying to get these guys to think about, like, with things that could go bad, like, the party's now over, this is real. And, and it, it's been really interesting in, from that perspective. That sounds like a post-CO Moore almost quit football. You know, this is the middle of June. Who's well, CO Moore? There, there, oh, there, the Raiders that, guy? That was, yeah. that was the bare, bare minimum. I mean, I, there's so much more to, to his story that's mm. fascinating. Who was the guy, because in those scared straight, there's always – one scared straight guy that, that stands apart from the rest. I know Chris Carter's been doing this for a while now. Who delivered kind of the strongest message where it appeared like it really got through to the uh, kiddos? Well, I think Chris Carter probably was that guy. I mean, he, he always kind of captures the audience, especially these young kids who grew up watching him. I mean, we got to think these guys are, you know, 21, 22-year-olds. So they, I mean, when it would first be just a moderator talking about, like, circumstance, they kind of push back, but then when you had these professional, you know, former pros up there talking about it, or current pros, Brandon Marshall was here as well, they kind of like, you kind of got to like, oh, it's real. You, tra- like, you traveled around with him at the Hall of Fame. What was, what was that like that day where you, it was just kind of like Kevin Patra was almost a member of the class of 2015 here? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know about all that, but, you know, it was, it was interesting to see them re- interact with, like, you know, things that they would have not seen, I haven't seen. I, I just realized that Marcus Mariota reminded me of Professor the whole time. Quietest guy in the group. Mm. You know, he had his backpack, glasses on. I saw, yeah, I trip. saw him at one point getting some paperwork. They had some B-roll type thing. And he, to me, he looked like, you know, the, the soft-spoken college sophomore going to the 8 a.m. class. I Absolutely don't know. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. Time. But not, no. that doesn't strike you as a, like a star when you look at him. No, but here, what my my point of view, talking to some guys this week, you know, that are more, you know, that are that are louder. Uh, I, I, for for me, with Mariota, that's who he is, and that's perfectly fine. That's who I'd want. If you're if you're that guy in camera, you're that guy in the rest of your life. That's perfectly fine because that's who you are when the spotlight shows you are who you are. So if he's a calm demeanor that he's going to be in the pocket, that's fine. If he's that everywhere else in life, as long as you're not a phony, that's cool by me. Who did you like the most that you that you talked with? I still like Shane Ray. That's that's my guy from, from since the draft to now. I still think he's he's honest. He's taking everything on. He's not afraid to say anything. And like I said, that's who he is. So I don't need I don't need I don't feel like he's lying or faking his way through anything. And I respect that. Patra always a straight shooter. That's his whole thing. Ain't no BS when Kevin Patra's around. Uh, when are you when are you getting back to Chicago? By the way, um, tomorrow night. 
All right. Well, you have a safe journey and, you know, get back into the gym. You know, you got to be in that routine to keep up what's going on under that 100% shirt. 100% so. true. 100% true. All right. Good. All right, buddy. Thank you very much for taking some time to talk to us. Appreciate it, fellas. There he is. Kevin Patrick coming at you from what's so funny was. He was so earnest about it. 100% true. He is. He's, you know, that's Patra. He's, he's the straightest shooter, you know, I think of the group. You just, what you see is what you get. And he's going to deliver some earnest Midwest heat. I, it, you sound condescending when you're saying that. Why? I was so shocked Not at all. when I met him because I really thought he was going to be this big, like, <laughs> he like, is Colleen. Jim Rat kind of guy. Not at all. He's not Nitro from I'm American Gladiators. I'm with you with that, Colleen. He pumps him <laughs> yeah, up Yeah, he so had, much. like, glasses on. Yeah, we, and I think we were all, even you know, those of us who had met and know Kevin Patch, we were all a little taken aback when Dan first started talking about his body publicly and privately. Have you, we didn't quite understand Have it. you ever heard of Clark Kent? Yes. That's who you met. Oh, that would make sense. <laughs> all right. Total sense. Finally, uh, we have one more Around the NFL correspondent to get on the horn and, uh, you know, again, this is a new segment. It's a segment that allows Connor Orr uh, an opportunity, it affords him an opportunity to publicly air a grievance. Really, it's therapeutic for him. It's really, uh, yes, it's entertaining for us and hopefully the listeners, but it's also, as Greg, I'm sure, sure uh, would agree with, it's good for his writing to get out this anger and then he can go about his day-to-day business. Everyone, yeah, it's everyone has to get their complaints out before they can just freshly write another story Start about a little bit. Jameis Winston. Right, so that is why uh, we have introduced this segment and we're bringing it back. It is, are you kidding me? <laughs> Connor, are you there, buddy? What's going on? Hey. Oh, there he is. Now, Connor on vacation last week. You don't know if he's going to be able to bring the same fire. Of course, he was taking shots at Ray Romano in the <laughs> inaugural, uh, or are you kidding me? Uh, but this time around, Connor, um, you know, I think you have a different message to impart. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think before I went on vacation, a friend of mine invited me uh, up to Manhattan to hang out. And they said, First, they said that they were on the Lower East Side, uh, and then they said that we'd be going somewhere in the Meatpacking District, and uh, so I just didn't go. You uh, just didn't because, go? No, because, you know what? <laughs> it's just like, do I have a compass, like, when I go there? Like, what, I just, you know, you tell me, like, I'm at the corner of... Bump up and bump up, you know? Connor, you know the rules. When, you, when the guitar is squealing, there's no squealing from you. You've got to let it play out. I, I was just so in fury. Like, it brought it all back. I was just. So, so wait, your, your problem here is you don't like, um, you don't like <laughs> information name? about neighborhoods? You don't like neighborhoods to be named? You just would rather have it be all just Manhattan? You created a city on a grid system, right? And then. All of a sudden, you just expect us. Like, I just learned that. Like, it took me, like, five years to learn that. And now mm. i got to learn, like, something else. I, I, I just don't think that's fair. You're changing the rules out. Big Apple, more like Big Fail Pull. Anything else? So, you okay. It's very clear that you're saying it's self-important of Manhattan. This coming from a New Jersey guy to name its areas, things like 
Greenwich Village and Village and the Upper West Side, or oh, Hell's Kitchen, I guess would be what you're referring to, mm-hmm. the Meatpacking District, Soho, Soho, whatever that is, NoHo. Yeah. yeah. What's Although, your problem with the grid system? Right, the grid system's great. You know exactly where to go at the all The grid times. system is like the Kevin Patra of so systems. So easy. Straightforward. Also, you know it is, it's like, uh, like the comedian Kevin James always had this thing about phone number rhythm. When you gave out a phone number, it was just bum, bum, ba, bum, ba, bum, ba. And that's what you should do if you have, if you live in New York. It's just on no the corner of there. bum, ba, and bum, ba. Two I don't even know where he's going with this now. Wait, so. <laughs> Although, Connor, you made us smart. I don't think you would like the meatpacking district. A lot of uh, douchey bros there. Imagine dropping off Wes in the meatpacking yeah. district. I don't know what the meatpacking district is. 14th and 6th, just drop him off right there. What, who, who am I dealing with? Uh, collared shirts and $17 gin and tonics. Sounds like hell. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds like Las Vegas. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Connor, what was this thing about you? You refused to use a compass? Well, you know what, like... Do you use a compass, Wes? Who uses a compass? I'm on the Lower East Side. How do I know where that is? All right, fair enough. enough. (laughs) All right. Well, that's a good way to end it, Uh, Connor. Anti-self-important names, anti-compass, (laughs) pro-grid. And, uh, and, and of course, you got to tag it now with your question, Connor. Or are you kidding me? All right, that's it. Thank you, Connor. That is uh, the second edition of Are You Kidding Me? Uh, it will hopefully you know, be back next week. <laughs> it's really up to the listeners. We love it, and the people behind the glass like it. Uh, but if the listeners don't like it, then you know nobody likes it. The listeners loved it last time. Yeah, so that is the second edition. Of- Colleen loves it. I can see I like the guitar a lot, too. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you know that Connor's playing the guitar? That's plugged into an amp. That is amazing. Yeah, he's very talented. Are you kidding me? Yeah. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Um, All right, that's it for Thursday's edition of the Around the NFL podcast. I guess, TD, do you have anything you'd like to do before we go? Yeah, definitely. You know, podcast MVP, that's how I'm on the show, and I got to give it to my man, Connor. Stories, guitar instruments, I'm with it. Wow, a little bit of a... A little bit of an upset that Colleen didn't get it. Let's be honest. Well, she's got it before, you know, like, so. I don't think I have. Oh, wow. That's all right. I'm just going to have a chip on my shoulder now. That was awkward. TD just uh, missed Colleen for Lindsay, who did win the MVP. Oh. Oh. (laughs) It smells sexist back there. Oh, wow. Well, I got this for you, Colleen. A little weird. Oh, that's good. Great. Yeah. Thanks. I've never heard that before. Have you made any <laughs> negative tweets about women's sports recently, too, while you're at it? Uh, <laughs> no, I, All right. That's it. We will be back. Thank you, TD. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday, Greg. Would that be accurate to say? No. It would be Monday. It would be Monday. We'll be back on Monday <laughs> with another two shows. We'll have another special guest. Colleen, thank you. This was great. So much for joining us, and we will see you in the Now studio. This is Dan Hansa signing off for The Wolf Woman the mailman, the boss, and everybody behind the glass. Until next week.